At this point, we turn in our Bibles to Mark and chapter 4 that we read together from this morning. Mark and chapter 4. The lamp which Jesus refers to in verse 21 was a common household item. It was made from clay on a wheel. Uh, The the spout and handle was added afterwards. The favoured fuel for this lamp was olive oil. And archaeologists have unearthed many of these lamps uh, dating back to 50 BC. It was known as Herodian's lamp. And hundreds of those uh, can be seen in various museums uh, throughout the world. And this very usage of a common household item uh, gives us an example of seeking to see the things of heaven and the things of earth. That as we go around our lives, uh, there should always be this attempt, this magnetism of relating the common things of life Uh, to the eternal and spiritual things of heaven. I'm always intrigued by that usage of someone drying a dish in 2 Kings 21 uh, and the the very act of wiping the dishes used uh, as a metaphor of of heavenly and, and eternal things. And Jesus does this in his usage of parables. The word coming from two Greek words, para meaning beside and balo meaning to throw and so Jesus throws alongside of spiritual truth an earthly example to illuminate and illustrate that spiritual truth in the parables which Jesus uses and we get the logic within Mark's gospel he's writing here in a progressive fashion isn't he he has taken us through the the clear identity of Jesus Christ, beginning with his title, the Son of God, with John's proclamation that he's the one, he's not worthy to unloose the strap of his sandals, with that statement from the Father in heaven, this is my Son. And then Mark takes us into the ministry of Jesus, those powerful miracles which he collates in chapter 1. And we have in that opening section of Mark the identity of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one come from heaven with deity and worth. But then he moves us into the section in chapter 2 and 3 where Jesus' identity is questioned. The five conflict stories where the the religious leaders are, are beginning to to question the claims that Jesus is making to divinity. The crowds misunderstanding Jesus' assertion that he is the Son of God. And what would this confused opinion about Jesus' identity look like? What metaphor could we use to describe the various responses of the crowds and religious leaders to Jesus' teaching and miracles? This leads us into the fourth chapter, doesn't it? It's like a field and a farmer sowing seed in that field. And there's different 
areas in which the seed will fall, the hard path, the stony ground, the weeds, the good ground, all that's been going on in Mark's gospel, some have grasped Jesus' identity, they're the good ground, but others have misunderstood his message and identity, they're the other types of soil. But we pass over that famous parable to this shorter parable in verse 21 of the lamp. And in verse 21 to 25, there are six separate sayings of Jesus. And we want to to consider them uh, this morning as we think of this, this parable of the common lamp in first century Palestine. Let's think, first of all, of the purpose of the lamp. That's the point of verse 21, isn't it? The purpose of the lamp. Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? The purpose of the lamp. What is the purpose of this common clay lamp? The Greek is written in such a way, but we get it in the English that the answer to the earlier questions is no, and the answer to the second question is is yes. Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket? No. Or a bed? No. And not on a stand? Yes. The purpose of the lamp is to be set up in a brick sticking out of the wall as it was, or an iron shelf attached to the wall to be set up on a stand. The servant would light the common lamp out in the back room or scullery and then proceed into the main room with this lamp and place it up high on the wall, on the brick or the iron shelf so that the light would shine into the room. That's the purpose of this lamp. The humor in Jesus' parable is evident here. It's not to be placed under a bed, one of those couches that people reclined at at dinner. Imagine putting the lamp under the bed, the thing would go on fire. Or imagine putting it under a a bowl, one of those bushels used for measuring grain, it would snuff out the lamp. The purpose of the lamp is to be set high, to allow it to fulfill its, its attributes of shedding light into the room. For all to see. But what does the parable mean? What is the lamp that's been referred to? What heavenly truth is Jesus illustrating in this one sentence parable? And the best explanation for this lamp is that it illustrates Jesus. Edwards, Cranfield, Lane, and others argue that this parable is about Jesus, the lamp. And they give two main reasons for this. One is the definite article is used in verse 21 before lamp is the lamp. 
It's not just any lamp. It's more than the common lamp. Yes, Jesus is using the metaphor of the clay lamp, well known to to all of his hearers, well used by the crowds. But he's wanting them to make the journey to the lamp. Himself who describes his mission as being the light of the world. Light incarnate. The supreme illuminator, brighter and more important than the radiant sun of the sky. Is the lamp. And then a second argument for us understanding this parable as referring to Jesus is the use of the the word come in verse 21 and in verse 22. It's not in the ESV in 21, but it's there in the Greek as a lamp. Or does a lamp come in to be put under a basket? There's a personification here. Jesus is is describing the lamp as, as, as being on a journey. This lamp comes into the room, comes out of the darkness, the obscurity of the scullery. It comes into the room and gives light to all who are in the room. And again, he uses the verb in verse 22. Notice anything secret except to come to light. And again, that journey has been envisaged of coming out of what is hidden, where it is lit in the back room, and it comes to give light. And that verb is significant within Mark's gospel. Jesus is constantly being described as the one who has come. He pre-existed with the glory of the Father and he's come down to earth. He comes from Nazareth. He comes from Judea into Galilee. Jesus is on this journey. He comes and as he comes, he brings the light to the darkness of Galilee, to the darkness of Judea, to the darkness of society and of our world. He comes in grace. He comes with illumination. He is coming to transform what is hopeless. And both of these syntactical dimensions to this sentence drive us to the message of Jesus in this parable, that he is portraying himself is the lamp brought to be put under a basket and not on a stand. Young guys, girls want to get their first car. And in the culture of Perth, getting the first car was not enough. You had to get the big spotlights on the car, and as I prepared this sermon, it took me back uh, to when I was 17 and my brothers, uh, and the spotlights had to be drilled into the chrome bumpers on the front of the car. Not just any spotlights, but the KC spotlights, 150 watt each lamp, and it would light up the narrow roads at night. It was just like daylight, the KC spotlights. They weren't put in the boot. They weren't put in the back seat. They were put on the front to maximize the illumination. And this is the purpose of the lamp. To be placed on the stand. To give light to all 
who are around. And Jesus is that light. And we need to follow him. We need to listen to the illumination that he gives. And what kind of illumination does Jesus give? What kind of dominant notes were sounded in his message? One was forgiveness. That all kinds of sin can be forgiven to the children of men. And that if you don't forgive your brother, God won't forgive you. And if your brother forgives against, sins against you 70 times 7 in a day and repents for those times, you're to forgive him. We're to allow the light to penetrate our life. A second dominant theme in Jesus' teaching is about hell. It startles most people to discover that Jesus teaches more about hell than about heaven. And he takes his time and he keeps returning to that theme as a place of outer darkness where the worm of conscience will not die. And we need to allow the light of Jesus' teaching to infiltrate our heart. And he teaches about God, that only God is good, not us, only God, good in word and thought and deed. And he believes in angels and in demons and in the physical resurrection of the body and in the inerrancy of Scripture. We need to allow the light of Jesus to permeate our mind, beliefs, and ethics. The purpose of the lamp. But a second dimension of this incredible parable is the pathway of the lamp. The pathway of the lamp. And this is emphasized in the next verse 22. Nothing is hidden except to be made manifest nor is anything secret except to come to light. These verses 21 to 25 contain a collection of proverbs and sayings by Jesus. They're found in various contexts throughout the four Gospels. Sometimes they're used for a, a different purpose than the purpose Mark uses them here. But Mark collates these different sayings of Jesus in this place to give nuance and understanding to this parable of the lamp. And he has an important nuance in this 22nd verse. Yes, the purpose of the lamp, the destiny of the lamp, is to go to the lampstand, that brick protruding from the walls in those little homes throughout Palestine. But the journey to that stand in the room can often be strange and prolonged and disjointed. It's a journey from hiddenness to prominence. It's a journey which might take time. It's a journey which might have twists and turns. 
And Jesus' point here is that, yes, he is destined to be the light of the nations. Isaiah 49 verse 6, I will make you to be a light of the nations. This is Jesus' destiny that all the continents will hear his message, will follow his light, will praise his name. But the journey to that place of power and exaltation and influence Jesus hints at here will be difficult. The lamp was lit in the back room and carried by the servant into the prominent big room from the obscurity to the place of public observation and influence. And so Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, would grow up in Nazareth, would minister in this small country, Palestine, the hiddenness, the obscurity, the rejection, the crucifixion. And only then will he be placed in that place of prominence and honor as he ascends into the presence of God and his disciples take the message into the world. The pathway of the lamp. God often takes his people along a similar pathway. Sometimes he he holds us in, 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 in secrecy and hiddenness and in trial. But those moments and periods of of, of hiddenness and, and and obscurity are times of preparation for public useful ministry. Joseph, aged 17 to 30, prime years in this young man's life, encased in Egypt, in Potiphar's house, and then in prison, were years of preparation for public service. Moses, 40 years in the wilderness, his 40 prime years Was God shaping him for public ministry? John the Baptist, out in the wilderness until he's beginning preaching and baptizing in Judea, were preparation years for ministry. Alexander Henderson, the prominent author of the Solemn League and Covenant, a national covenant in 1638 and 43, which our church holds so dear, one of the five Scottish commissioners to the Westminster Assembly began his ministry in Lucas, a country church in mid-Scotland. But they were years of preparation for public ministry. And perhaps you want to serve more Perhaps you desire a greater sphere of influence. Perhaps you long for the light which you have and which God has gifted you with to be be seen by increasing numbers. Allow this parable to encourage you that sometimes the pathway to prominent usefulness is obscurity and hiddenness 
and waiting. The purpose of the lamp, the pathway of the lamp, and thirdly, the puzzle of the lamp. This is verses 23 to 25. Jesus exhorts us to hear what he is saying, to pay attention, verse 24, to what you hear. Jesus recognizes that this metaphor is not plain and simple and clear English, that that there are elements of obscurity in this parable. We need to think about it. We need to wrestle with it. We need to to, to manage the, the, the metaphors and, and the significance, and we need to make that journey from the parable to the interpretation. Jesus recognizes the difficulties involved in understanding what he's saying. Jesus uses the parable to dampen down the overexcitement of the crowds. They're thinking that he has come to overthrow the Romans and bring them liberation. And Jesus wants to continue speaking about the kingdom of God, but not in plain language. And so he adopts the tool of, meta, of parable to convey the truth, but also to conceal the truth from those who would misunderstand it. And so the parable is a tool Jesus uses to reveal, but also to hide from those who are misconstruing his message. Driving up the Portaferry Road uh, in a dark evening, the locals will discern the the red dot uh, up on on the hill and, and know that that is Scrabble. People visiting this area will drive up the Portaferry Road and see that red dot and not have a clue while it's sitting there in midair. And so to Jesus' disciples, Jesus' followers, the parables had light and more instruction about the kingdom of God growing and developing. But but to those who who were in blindness and in darkness, the, the parables were confusing and very difficult to understand. But Jesus says, pay attention to my words. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you. As you wrestle with these parables, light will be brought to you and more will be added to you. You will grow in your understanding and appreciation. And not only will you know the meaning but you will receive the comfort and encouragement and help of that message. More will be added to you. It will help you in your life and your decisions and in your principles. The purpose of the lamp. Boys and girls, Jesus wants you, as we've said already, to be a light in your class, in your school, as you follow him. And what does a a torch or a a light need? It would need batteries, doesn't it? It would need a, a bulb, doesn't it? But a light, above all, needs darkness. We don't put the light on in, in midday. We put the light on because of the darkness. And Jesus 
doesn't want you to compromise with the darkness. He doesn't want you to leave the darkness. He wants you to be a light in the darkness. In your school, people will swear. They will use wrong words which they shouldn't use. Perhaps they will speak about Jesus and God in an improper way. You could be a light to them. Perhaps you could say to them one day, Jesus whom you mentioned, he's my best friend. He died for me. God whom you've just referred to, he loves me and I love him. You can be a light in the darkness of your class. By your actions, you can be a light. I'm sure there is a a rush for the, the seats at the canteen. I'm sure there's a rush to get on the bus each week. You could be a light for Jesus by putting others first because he has put us first. The purpose of the lamp is to be a light. The pathway of the lamp. Those of you who are in middle age, perhaps the years are just flying past. You've got your nine to five grind. You've got lunches to make for for the kids or for yourself. You've got elderly parents to care for. Life is busy. Bills have to be paid. Stresses come down upon you. The years are just flying past. And before you know it, you're 60 or you're 70. But with all of that busyness, perhaps you've entered into a spiritual wilderness. You're not as near to God as you want to be. You're not as involved in his church as you once were. But this parable can encourage you that the pathway to great usefulness is often zigzag. That sometimes God takes his people from areas of obscurity into positions of prominence and usefulness. Perhaps when we get round to electing new officers within the church, you'll be elected and you'll grasp the opportunity. And there'll never be a deacon or an elder who have served like you. And you'll draw on all those years of your experience and challenges and difficulties and hiddenness and obscurity. Or perhaps as a Christian, you will not have more time in your life, but you'll have more heart. You'll have more enthusiasm You'll get involved in the activities of the congregation and beyond the congregation. Or perhaps it won't be you that will become a prominent light. It'll be your son or your daughter or your Sabbath school pupil. They'll go on to become a surgeon and be a tremendous influence within the medical profession. That Sabbath school pupil perhaps will become a great preacher in days to come. The pathway of the lamp.
going from secrecy and obscurity to influence and illumination. And the puzzle of the lamp. Pay attention to what you hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I encourage those of you who are older to keep digging the gold out of the Bible. To not think, well, I've read it all before. I've heard it all before. I know what the Bible's all about. But to keep digging the gold out of the Bible. To keep being excited by God's truth. To keep growing in your understanding of God's word. Perhaps you'll save up your pension And you'll buy a Reformation study Bible. And the notes there will inform you and thrill you. And cause you to be reinvigorated in your enthusiasm for God's word. Perhaps you'll begin a Bible reading plan for one or three years to read through the whole Bible. And as you go through Job and Lamentations and Ezekiel and wrestle with those parts of the Bible. You'll be thrilled and developed and grow in your enthusiasm and understanding. Or perhaps you'll start a one-to-one Bible study with a younger man or a younger woman in the church. And as you prepare for this, you'll develop in your knowledge and understanding of Jesus. The purpose of the lamp. The pathway of the lamp. The puzzle of the lamp. As we head home today, let's take this lamp and place it in our homes. Let our homes be unambiguously known as the place where Jesus is. By our love and forgiveness and faith and priorities. The most expensive lamp was sold by Christie's in New York in 1997 for $2.8 million. But we have Christ. As Psalm 27 says, The Lord is my light.